you know, I feel like uh, I've been in a war with nature, you know, all summer <laughs> with the heat and the, the smoke and the weather, the, the drought, <laughs> the birds. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a gardener and I, I'm not a terribly good gardener. I don't, I, don't, I love to do it and I've been doing it for years, but I fail, you know, to learn from my mistakes <laughs> season after season. I don't keep a garden journal. <laughs> my garden's not uh, particularly, you know, beautiful, <clears throat> uh, but, uh, but I love it and I do it. And it depends a little, uh, maybe too heavily on the conditions being <laughs> favorable. Uh, so, you know, this year as the heat soared into, uh, you know, the, the three digits and the rain refused to fall. And I, um, uh, I had a I had a hard time, you know, kind of keeping it keeping it together, keeping it going, uh, keeping it happy. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, my garden doesn't like my water. <laughs> it likes <laughs> it likes the water that comes out of the sky. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with my tap water, but I'm sure it has something to do with chlorine and rust and lead and. God knows what, you know, but my garden is not thrilled with it. <clears throat> and, um, but, you know, my garden is, is a wild place. You know, there's not a lot of structure <laughs> or um, uh, rhyme or reason. You know, things, things grow on other things. Right now I have a, have a, pole bean tomato hollyhock plant <laughs> in one corner of my of my garden and a and a pole bean corn pumpkin trampoline in another corner <laughs> and it all just kind of uh, climbs on on itself and on each other and uh, all the plants hold each other up and pull each other down <laughs> a little bit uh, it's quite wild, uh, and to me, it's it's quite a beautiful place. And every um, every harvest is a little bit hide and seek. <laughs> Ooh, there's a bean. <laughs> I mean, some people make it easy on themselves, but that's never been my way. <clears throat> and the other. Um, uh, the other thing that's been going on in my garden this year is uh, because it's 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 quite wild and uh, filled with pollinators and perches and water, you know, features and things like that. Um, I get a lot of birds and squirrels and rabbits and bees and and uh, we're really at quite a standoff <laughs> by now. 
And I didn't know, maybe you guys knew this already, but I didn't know that uh, quite a few birds seem to be vegetarians. You know, I, I, th I, th I thought they just scratched around for worms and seeds and things like that. But some of my birds literally eat my plants. What is this? You know, I looked it up one time and uh, I was wondering about why the finches were tearing apart my uh, chard. And I looked it up and there wasn't a lot, you know, from Google, but I did find uh, an article that said something like finches, the vegetarians of your garden. <laughs> and it turns out that finches eat greens and sparrows eat bean leaves. And I don't know why or what they're doing, but uh, it's not right. <laughs> and yet, you know, here I've made this wonderfully inviting space for them, you know, and so, so they show up. Last year, my friend um, Karen gave me a, a bunch of seeds and actually quite a bit of what's happening in my garden is because of Karen's seeds from a couple years ago. It's wonderful. I love looking at, you know, all the things that belong to Karen and other people in my life. But she gave me some charred seeds from her garden and I planted them. This was a year ago, spring. And the chard didn't come up and the chard didn't come up. And I went out and yelled at it and said dirty words and gave it my bad water and complained to my friends because <laughs> Karen gave a bunch of my friends chard seeds too. And of course, all their chard is coming up. So I was really grumpy for a while. And then the chard finally started coming up and I started bragging to my friends. And then the finches came and I would find dozens of finches in my chart every day, just eating it, just eating it, eating it, <clears throat> tearing it to bits, maybe picking insects off, but I think they're actually eating the leaves. And so I'd run out, you know, <laughs> wave and run back in. I'd look out the window, run out, wave, come back in. They started coming just early in the morning, you know, before I was up. So I couldn't go out and scarecrow them. And I would pick the leaves that didn't have, you know, finch spit all over them. I mean, I don't really want, I don't mind sharing my plants with birds, but I don't want the same leaves. <laughs> I want fresh unchewed leaves to eat. So I started, you know, I was harvesting it for myself and, and then um, I had to give up because they ate a lot of it, but I wanted to grow one into seed, you know, so I left one plant and I grew it for seed because I wanted to give my seeds back to my friend and then spread it around to our other friends as well. Cause that was a really sweet experience watching my friend's seeds grow into food. So I let one plant go to seed and then it it turns out the sparrows eat charred seeds right some of you are nodding yes see this is why I'm a bad gardener because every year it's a new universe so the finches ate the chard and the sparrows are eating the charred seed and I'd run out <laughs> waving them off waving them off and they don't care about that 
And I learned that in early summer this year. So I'd watch the, the sparrows eat the seeds. And now there's new baby chard growing in, you know, a similar spot. Uh, so it, it turns out they left me some and the finches aren't ready for it yet. Uh, so um, I had to play the long game on this chard, you know, I had to wait for the finches to eat it and the sparrows to drop the seeds and for it to grow when the finches were hungry, you know, eating something else. Uh, so now, you know, if I choose to, I can go out and harvest this baby chard that the sparrows, you know, left, left for me. <clears throat> and that's been uh, kind of the garden this year, watching, watching, you know, nature happen to it, watching nature happen uh, to me, playing the long game, learning to share, um, assembling a team. My husband has never been super concerned about the garden. That's been my kind of domain. He doesn't plant or harvest or, you know, do much till water if I ask him to. And then uh, I went, uh, I went away for a few days to visit my family in June. And when I came back, it was that it was 109 degrees. And then the next day it was 118. So it was that first kind of really um, crazy heat dome. And he had out of fear been watering, you know, <laughs> like crazy. So everything didn't die or get lost, you know, in the heat dome while I was out of town. And then I came back and, you know, we kept it going through the heat dome and then it settled down a little bit. And I went back to my neglectful ways, you know, <laughs> sort of <laughs> watering when I felt like, you know, I don't have a schedule. I watch, you know, I watch what the plants tell me when they're thirsty, I water them. And as it turns out, uh, Todd got very attached. <laughs> and when he saw me neglecting these plants that he had kept alive, I got quite a talking to <laughs> more than once. Actually, you know, Jessica, I watered those every day. You, <laughs> you need to be more careful. <laughs> you need to get those watered. <laughs> Don't step in that. <laughs> he took quite um quite a bit of ownership just in that short period while I was gone and and he was responsible for the care of these plants and so then we had to get back in balance <laughs> okay <laughs> yes you can have strong feelings but you'll never get me on a schedule that's <laughs> I'm an intuitive gardener mm. So the, you know, the whole, the whole summer and gardening every year really is this way for those of you I know who garden, it's, um, it's one of the absolute best ways to reflect on the Dhamma, to reflect on anything, really, it's the cycle of nature. Uh, but as, as, uh, as Buddhists, we are taught to reflect uh, on how to how to be with nature, how to see nature 
as it is, how to observe our natural responses uh, to the way things are, to the to the sparrows that come in and, and eat the <laughs> eat the charred seeds. Uh, there were so many um, finches in the in the uh, Russian sage this morning. <laughs> uh, Todd goes. <laughs> When the when the sages are rocking, don't come a knocking. <laughs> we just we just watch out our window all day and uh, and see what nature has in store for us. And you know, sometimes it's entertaining, and sometimes it's frustrating, and um, sometimes it's helpful. You know, without all these pollinators, we wouldn't have much at all, would we? Uh, but it's an opportunity being in nature uh, to, to really hone those powers of, of observation and, and balance. There's a way that um, humans, you know, we, we like to blame other people. We like to blame other creatures. We like to, you know, kill things that, uh, aren't working for us that are destroying what we love and you know any of us here who are on the precepts uh, have have practiced uh, not killing things that annoy us not killing bugs um, not just getting rid of uh, what doesn't work you now every once in a while I say I say to Todd, I think, you know, I think in the state of Washington, you can actually kill these sparrows. They're considered such a nuisance. And he just laughs and laughs because I can't even kill an ant. You know, that just isn't a tool in my toolbox anymore. So instead, you know, we have to work. We have to work with the conditions we're in. We have to it helps to be a, a companion to nature and to recognize when, you know, we can create conditions that are, are more favorable for us. You know, I could, <laughs> last year or earlier this summer, uh, I put up, I made a valiant effort to save my peas and I put up some bird netting <clears throat> And about 10 minutes later, Todd is looking out the window and he said, are you interested to know if there are birds inside your bird netting? <laughs> I was like, no, they're just trying to get in. They're not in there. And he goes, oh, they're in there. So I ran out <laughs> in my normal flappy way. And turns out, yes, the birds had somehow gotten inside the bird netting with in about 10 minutes of putting the netting up. And, you know, I could have done a better job securing that bird netting, but I didn't. So we can, we can look at our own actions. We can look at the intentions behind our actions. We can have some control over our conditions. We can create favorable conditions for, you know, gr growth and um, thriving and, 
and harvesting, but we need to pay attention. You know, we can't just throw the book at it, throw the, <clears throat> throw, you know, throw solutions out there that, you know, aren't well thought out, that don't make sense, that aren't well executed. It's okay, you know, and it's really useful and skillful in the beginning, especially of our practice, of our Buddhist practice, of our practice with the precepts to create conditions that, uh, that really support us, you know, to work in some quiet time every day, to spend time in community, um, to, you know, practice with the precepts, to do some chanting, to visit, you know, monastics and teachers, to spend time with skillful people. Until, you know, we've reached the state of unconditioned enlightenment, we are dependent on our conditions to a degree, and that's okay, it's important even. And so we can pay attention to how we are supporting ourselves, how we're supporting our environment, how we're supporting our own conditions, how we're calling on community, how we're calling on our tools. It's been harder for me, you know, during this pandemic period, not to be around my people. I learn by watching others be skillful. That's how I get it. I gather all my good examples around me and then I do what they do. <laughs> if there's no magic, <laughs> there has been no magic in this <laughs> practice over the years. It's I get all my people around me and then I do what they do. <laughs> and then I watch the results. Oh, it feels good to be kind. It feels good to be generous. It feels good to be skillful. It feels good to speak in a way that lays no blame. It's harder. It's harder now, I think, for me. So, you know, we have a laugh, don't we? When conditions aren't right or when we've made our own mistakes or when the birds are coming in, we just have a laugh. We can have a laugh, you know. But we can also take very seriously when we recognize the consequences of our actions, the consequences of other people's actions, you know, we don't laugh it off when we've been unskillful or when we've, you know, made a poorly executed plan and managed to trap those birds (laughs) in 
with the peas. <laughs> but it happens all the time. We do it all the time. We invite in that which is unskillful, either through a lack of mindfulness or lack of practice or by mistake. <sighs> and then we have more work to do. 